0: Next on BYUSN, as the NFL draft nears, is it more important how high BYU players get drafted, or how many?
1: And speaking of how many, is there a number the Cougars need to have drafted every year to compete in the Big 12?
0: Let's go, baby. July 1st is coming. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, April 5th. I am Jerem Jordan alongside NFL draft guru Jason Shepard. That's coming up from Kansas City later this month.
1: Yes, it is. uh, I've I've been following it as a Chiefs fan, kind of following all the little pictures and reading all the stories about how it's going to go down. It looks awesome.
0: When you win the Super Bowl, the draft's not as exciting because you're like the 32nd pick. Right. But in the NFL draft, there's so much talent, everybody's getting something. Well, in the it, NBA draft, it's like, well, hopefully that guy pans be, out. Yeah,
1: when you win the Super Bowl, you're obviously picking 31. Or th- this year, you're actually picking 31 because the Rams lost their first-round draft picks. So there's only 31 picks. Congrats. Upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you get one pick higher. But like, I just have in the back of my mind, and maybe this is like talking it into existence, that the Chiefs, because they're hosting it this year, like maybe maybe make a little deal to move up,
0: well, you know? Is it like the uh, World Cup in soccer where the host <laughs> team gets like this bump yeah. that they wouldn't otherwise? Right. We'll see.
2: I uh, like I love your the, name's
0: Qatar. I I love the
1: NFL draft. Like I it is my I am, favorite draft yes. by far. Like the, the Combine far. does nothing for me. I like the NFL Combine don't like I have never it has never been a thing for me, 40-year. ever. Yeah. But the draft, I will consume that like chicken soup it's mu- why i picked chicken, chicken soup, soup? I, don't I, don't know. Know either. I don't know why
0: i said that. well ben bywater the other day said wheat and chicken chicken yes you you're yes. a big yes. chicken guy yes protein yes naturally
1: yes anyway on today's show <laughs> we will not be talking Transition. about chicken uh, quality versus quantity which is more important for byu football in the nfl draft jeff hansen from 24 7 sports joins us to discuss byu recruiting transfer portal and sneakers what does Utah's record-breaking snow totals mean for the upcoming BYU football season? You may be surprised what's on the horizon, according to the snow totals. Mm. And we talk tennis and Legos with BYU's Zach Fuchs. Is he a master builder? Uh, I, yeah, I believe okay. he is. I believe he is. Can't wait to hear it. But first, here are today's headlines.
0: The Indi- Indianapolis Colts flew to Utah to hold a private workout with Jaron Hall, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The Colts are projected to take a quarterback with the fourth overall pick, so interesting that they would want uh, to talk to Jaron. Maybe they draft him later as well, or maybe they don't go quarterback. I'm thinking they go quarterback at four. It's a quarterback-heavy draft, so this is an interesting move that they are interested in Jaron. This is the second time that I have seen reports out there about the Colts being very interested Spencer's mentioned it in and, and cited John yes. Beck as yeah. the source there. So there, yeah. that,
1: there there's definitely seems to be something there. Yeah. Former Cougar Mike Weir looks to defend his Masters Par 3 Co-Championship today in Augusta, Georgia. By the way, I cannot believe it's already been this long. 20 years since Weir won the Masters back in 2003.
0: One of the greatest individual achievements for a BYU Cougar ever. Unbelievable. Like I would argue it it might even be better than Steve Young's Super Bowl MVP. Like that hard individually to do that in that sport. You look so disappointed. Swim and dive news. Mickey Strauss and Alexia Jackson are the NPSF Divers of the Year. Strauss was the only diver in the conference to qualify for NCA Nationals. This is the third Diver of the Year award as well. Uh, Brad Prolo, the NPSF Swimmer of the Year. Coach Tice Routsen, the Federation Diving Coach of the Year for the men and women as well. just cleaning house in the awards.
1: Men's tennis's Wally Thane entered the ITA Collegiate Tennis Rankings at number 123 after beating the 5th and 69th ranked players against Stanford this weekend. Thane's win is the biggest ranked win in program history. Now, tennis will nice. be hosting San Francisco and Santa Clara this weekend. And, hey, with the weather, maybe they'll actually get to play it outside. Speaking of tennis, you will hear from Thane's teammate, Zach Fuchs. Later in the show,
0: Yola Childs had eight points, five rebounds in a Hamburg Towers upset win against BG Göttingen. I know that's a huge matchup every time they get together. You, you look, when you throw out the records, when those two teams no one meet. breaks down German hoops like Björn.
1: Amen. Former Cougar ace Michael Rucker pitched a third of an inning last night for the Cubs as Chicago beat the Reds in Cincinnati. Rucker's appeared in three of the Cubs' five games this season and has allowed just one hit and one run with three strikeouts.
0: He's the Coug in the show. Well done. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. For Jared Hall. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. NFL Draft coming up in Kansas City, home of one Jason Shepard, April 27th through the 29th. Cooks have several projected NFL draft picks. Blake Freeland, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, maybe even Caleb Hayes. Shep, is it more important to you to have high BYU draft picks or a higher number of draft picks from BYU? I surprised myself on this one because
1: I would have thought after really diving into this, that I would have said, the quality that you want the higher draft picks. Because as we saw, look, when Zach Wilson was taken and all of the attention that BYU got because he was taken number two overall, I kind of figured that's where I would land. But I landed on getting more players in.
0: It's the Costco principle. <laughs> well, you want a three pack?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll take a three pack. I'll take a uh, plasma TV. I'll take a ten pack of <laughs> BYU players in the end. The more players you have drafted into the NFL, the more opportunities you have for guys to stick, and you want more guys. Look, and it, you're, you've always seen this to a certain degree, but it does feel like over the last 10 to 15 years, more and more middle round picks, late round picks are turning into big time performers and are really getting a look, as opposed to just guys in the first two, three rounds. Yes. And so I think it's all about getting guys, having guys that have the talent to get the looks and that teams are willing to say, yes, I am going to use one of my picks on you. Yeah, we could try and play the game and try and hope that we get you as a free agent, but we like you so much, we're going to use one of our draft picks, part of our currency to buy in on you. So I think the more of that you can have, the more opportunities you have for guys to stick in the league. And I think that's what BYU needs. Get a bunch of guys in there and see what happens. Because we've seen Jamal Williams, he gets in there. We've seen what he's done. Last year was fantastic. Taysom getting in. You have – Undrafted free agent. Undrafted Taysom free Hill. agent, obviously. But he's in the league. And once you're in, you have
0: opportunities. And again, half, the, half the league's
1: undrafted. Yes. So, so it's a situation where I, I think if you can get – the more draft picks you get in – the more chances you have of them sticking and being able to provide something for those teams. So that's where I land.
0: I agree it's quantity. Now, what I don't want is just all in the sixth or seventh round, though. I would like some fourth and fifth rounders. You look at the last couple of years, certainly having Jamal Williams and Tyler Algier, who are day three guys, but early day three guys, and have stuck. And have 1,000-yard seasons. Tyler obviously knew. Jamal, seasoned vet now in the league and one of the biggest personalities. That matters, right? You look at the Independence era by day. So day one is first round. Day two is second and third round. Day three is fourth through seven. Of course, we're kind of dealing in the seven-round era here. BYU's had two picks on day one in the Independence era. That would be Ziggy Ansah, the fifth pick in 2013, Zach Wilson in 2021 as the second pick. Um, Ziggy had a really successful career. Zach navigating his way through New York now after two years with Aaron Rodgers probably coming in, as we mentioned. The day two picks have really been the ones that hit for BYU, though. Think of it. Kyle Van Noy, Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki, Brady Christensen now going into year three as a starting left guard for the Panthers. Those guys have really been where BYU has buttered its bread. I would like more day two picks. Blake Freeland, we hope, is a day two pick. We believe that Jaron Hall will be early day three we think Puka Nakua is there as well Caleb Hayes if he's in the draft is day four or sorry day three but at the end of that you look at the the quantity of that is good and we'll ask Jeff Hanson coming up as well from Cougar Sports Insider his opinion on this excited to hear that but yes I agree you obviously you want both but if you told me you have one first rounder and he starts but you could have a third-rounder, a fourth-rounder, a sixth-rounder, and a seventh-rounder. I take that yeah. because, like you said, you want to be able to say, we're putting multiple guys in the league every year, and so-and-so is a guy that you already know. You may not know that he went to BYU. But, like, what BYU can do right now has been awesome. They can say, listen, Jaron Hall going to be drafted. We're going to go back-to-back on our quarterbacks. The guy after Keaton Slovis um, that BYU brings in, because they'll bring in some high-profile guy again to compete with Jake Retzloff, and Cade Fenegan and Ryder Burton, right? They'll hopefully be able to say with Keaton Slovis, hey, we've had three, our last three dudes have been drafted, or they've at least got into camps in the the case of maybe Keaton, right? Hopefully he's drafted. The last couple of left tackles we've had have gone in, in Brady Christensen and Blake Freeland, and then Kingsley Suamata Ia. Oh, and running back is a thing that we do here as well, in Jamal Williams and Tyson Williams and Tyler Algier. That is awesome. And then you hope Caleb Hayes can get in, because now you go, hey, Chris Wilcox was picked, hopefully Caleb Hayes. We had a drought there where it was Derwin Gray in 93-94. But guess what? We're putting guys in the league at all kinds of positions now. It's not just the quarterbacks and the mountain men, as Brady Papinga once called it, which I think is hilarious and accurate. The BYU always been able to get the mountain men positions, which are O-line, tight end, linebacker. BYU can recruit all kinds of positions now. I really hope Ryan Rico gets a shot as well. Where are you going, look, we're even doing special teams right. at this point. Um, that yeah, I agree with you that quantity is, is what we we're hoping for. And uh, that this year we can go three plus, And that next year you can continue that with at least Kingsley Suamata'ia. And then you keep it going. Because BYU right now is on a roll yeah. in the NFL draft. We have not had this sort of... Uh, pushed by the Cougars in a long time, which we'll break down coming up. All
1: right, let, let's push this conversation forward and discuss it through the lens of the Big 12 and moving forward. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's still Sweet. happening. Yes. How many guys do you think BYU needs to put in the
0: NFL draft each year to become competitive in the Big 12? Is there a number? Okay, good question. Let's look at the last three years of the two teams that were in the title game and what they did, Okay. Uh, Baylor, two years ago, we're not going off last year because we don't have the draft, who's drafted, right? right. Um, from Kansas State and TCU quite yet. So, in the 22 draft, Baylor won the league. They had six picks, and Oklahoma State, who lost that title game by a foot, may have cost Buoy in year six uh, <laughs> bid that year, had three. <laughs> the year before that, Oklahoma has five. Iowa State's in the title game. They have one. Granted, shorter year, COVID, whatever, kind of different. Uh, BYU benefited from that year. In the 2020 draft, coming off 2019 game, Oklahoma and Baylor each had four. So it looks like to win the league, typically that team the next year, the guys who are in the draft, it looks like it's generally uh, four plus if you're winning the league. And if you're in that title game, it's about, uh, about three or so. BYU is kind of in that space uh, at the moment. It, last year was just one, of course. But this year, BYU is going to have three. Next year, we're hoping BYU has several others. That, that matters. Now, can you win a Big 12 title with three guys? who are de- No, but you need three behind them, and then three behind them, and three behind them. Now, if you have uh, you know, an NFL guy, every fourth guy on the field, right. now you're in a position. It's not that simple. That's certainly one metric. But Oklahoma has been the best team in the Big 12 for a long time. They produced 16 picks the last three years. I, I went through and looked at the new Big 12 teams. Cincinnati's had 14 the last three years. They had nine coming off the playoff after And two they're years coming ago. off
1: their high as a football program. And that's program. the high yes. ever. Yes.
0: Baylor had six, as mentioned. Um, Kansas State is interesting. Now, Kansas State has had one pick the last three years, yet they won the league last year. They may have a couple in the draft this year. Sort of merit that. But you look at a team like Baylor who's emerging. 11. That's That's third most the last three years. BYU is tied for ninth with six. Welcome to Power 5 football yeah. where we're going, hey, we had five in 2020. It's like, well, join the club. Right. Um, because BYU's had one, five, and then in 2020 had zero. It was a young group. The next two years they'd produce six picks and then this year are going to produce three picks. So that number is getting better for BYU, but to compete in the Big 12, and maybe making the title game isn't compete. It's like can you finish in the top five right. of the 14, uh, at least for that uh, the first year? Yeah, you probably need three to five picks. I think BYU tracking into that space more than they have been.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, th- there's not a guarantee that all – you can have – there are a lot of teams that don't win a lot of college football games that put guys in the NFL.
0: Talent – Yes. So, so – But not like three to five a co- year. Correct. Maybe a guy correct. or two.
1: Correct. I, I – I, I don't think there's, like, this, no, this magic number that every year, if you have this, it's get your – you can just go ahead well, and – Well,
0: if it's, like, ten, sure. Right.
1: <laughs> the number that came to me is, is kind of where you landed on. I feel like if BYU can have three guys consistently, minimum, every year – that are getting drafted into the NFL. Number one, I think that means that you have a really, really talented football program Mm -hmm. if you're consistently putting three guys in the NFL every year. But I also think, as a minimum of putting three guys in, that's going to put you in a spot to be competitive in your league. Now, obviously, BYU, as you said, is trending that way now. So the hope is that that becomes your baseline and now you can start maybe adding to that and yep. where you're getting to four or five. Now, some years, maybe you're only going to have two. Other years, maybe you're going to put in six.
0: But if the average can be yes, three. Yes,
1: I think three is kind of that, that's... that number where if you can get an average of three guys in every year, you're a really good football team and you're winning games. There's
0: only one team um, over the independence era for BYU um, that averages more than three a year. It's Oklahoma, 5.3. Baylor is next at 2.9, 2.6. Maybe two is re- the realistic number. That would kind of be like seventh among all the Big 12 teams. Maybe it's two average over a period, right? Right. Three would be pretty stinking good. And, of course, you'd take five one year and one the next sure. if the five yielded that special yes. season. you take the special season over a couple of dumpy years. Like, sometimes that's the cost. Ask Utah. It took them 11 years, right, to win the league. But – they've built they're in a place that BUA wants to get to, which is we feel like we can win the league. Right. We're in that competitive spot. Our question of the day is this is it more important for you to have high BUA draft picks or have a higher number of BOI draft picks? The quality versus quantity conversation. At JFloyd314 on Twitter. Number Trump's position in my book. Obviously having higher picks adds a certain cachet, but a high pick isn't guaranteed to be successful. Yep. And the more guys you put into the league in general, the greater chance that one of them Will become a star. Amen. I want to hear from those who want the quality. Like, what's, what's the argument uh, there over the quantity?
1: Well, in the quantity part, look, I mean, you, you put, you have guys on 10 or 12 different rosters, people watching football on a Sunday afternoon, flipping between games, that tackle, oh, out of BYU. And then they're watching, oh, that, that catch was made out of BYU. You know what?
0: I mean? Right now, Cincinnati yes. has done an excellent yes. job of that. Like, the nine picks from the playoff right. team. Including my dude, Kobe Bryant, corner for the Seahawks. Yeah, it's like, I know you're from Cincinnati. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: It it makes a difference. There's no question. All right. BYU baseball returns home tomorrow for a three-game series against the San Francisco Dons. Watch game one, 8 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. I think we're expecting highs in the 40s. Let's go. That
0: That is good this time of year. It's a heat wave. Heat heat wave. Uh, Jeff Hansen of 24-7 Sports joins us to talk recruiting after the break. Transfer portal and the ultimate dad shoe. This is the most on-brand interview we will ever do. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards.
2: Protection for a life worth living.
0: Welcome back to Studio B with your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play. I'm Jeremy Jordan, he is Jason Shepard. Jeff Hansen is one of our favorites. Yesterday he tweeted, uh, at rakoto 10, uh, did I just buy the perfect BYU shoe? Colorway, brand, price, utility, personality. Are these not the perfect BYU shoe? Of course, these would be the Air Monarchs. He then tweeted, in all caps, in uh, true guy holiday style. We are Air Monarchs and tan cargo shorts and blue shirts with corporate logos. We sing popcorn popping. We smuggle candy in the, into the stadium in our pockets. We roll up on game day in minivans. We eat leftovers before the game to save a buck. This is us. And these are our anthems. And I would add, this is the way. Jeff Hansen now joins us on BYU Sports Nation, of course, of Cougar Sports. Insider on 247sports.com. Amen and amen, Jeff.
3: We are who we are, man. We talk about how we're a peculiar people. Let's just lead into it. You know, Taylor <laughs> Swift fans, they go nuts. They, they spend all their money. They line up and break Ticketmaster to go to a Taylor Swift concert, and they are applauded for it. But we're, we're mocked because we wear air monarchs and blue and tan cargo shorts? No, we are who we are, and we need to embrace it.
1: Look, I, I am all in <laughs> for leaning into who we are. Look, you cannot tell me that if we brought back for football games singing Popcorn popping, I
0: want to throw some tortillas on the field. You cannot tell
1: me that the opposition wouldn't be freaked out wondering what in the world is going on. It is an advantage that we are not taking advantage of anymore.
3: I completely agree. I mean, is it really, like way less dorky to do jump around at wisconsin than to sing <laughs> pump, 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 is, is the line really that thick i don't think those songs are that far off
0: these are the same and uh of course keaton slovis on friday came into BYU Sports nation and he was rocking the air monarchs this guy fits in here perfectly
3: that's my quarterback man that's my quarterback
0: <laughs> all right let's talk about non-air monarch things although we could talk about that all day uh, okay, cer- certainly we were just having a conversation about the role of NFL draft picks in BYU. Are we going for quantity or would we prefer maybe there are fewer but higher picks? What's your opinion in BYU and the NFL draft, which is coming up later this month?
3: Yeah, for me, it's quantity, right? I mean, every kid dreams of being drafted in the NFL, and you, from a recruiting pitch, from purely a BYU standpoint, Being able to go to a recruits house and say, hey, look, we've had, you know, 20 recruits that have been drafted in the last X years. That holds more weight than, hey, there's been two or three first round picks. Both hold weight. Both are important and you want them to have NFL success. But I think that getting kids drafted is a better testament of what BYU can offer than NFL success. Having success in the NFL is a testament of the hard work of the player, NFL coaches, things like that. But if BYU's job is to get players to the NFL, then I think you want to have more NFL draft picks than, than you higher picks.
1: What do you make of BYU's draft class this year? I think most of us assume that if BYU is going to have players drafted, you're probably going to get three. Do you think mm-hmm. BYU gets the three? And obviously we're talking about Freeland and Puka and Jaron. Do you think all three are drafted or, or where do you stand on that?
3: Uh, I think Blake Freeland and Jaron Hall are locks for for, for sure. And I, I'm about 95% sure on Puka Nakua. Uh Puka's just had such an interesting career, right? I mean, he struggled to stay healthy. Uh, really dating back to his time at Washington and then at BYU, when he's on the field, he's electric. Uh, I, I think he gets drafted probably day three. Uh, but I I I do think that there are gonna be a, a certain number of NFL teams that that are are maybe a little hesitant to draft a guy with injury history uh, just because the wide receiver class, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of really talented wide receivers going into the draft this year. And I also think Caleb Hayes, I think BYU could sneak a fourth. Uh, Caleb Hayes, even before his pro day uh, showcase where he really just stole the show, he looked really good at the NFL PA bowl. He, he, he graded out really well there. He had the longest arms. He was already kind of impressing people with, Hey, he looks six, like 5'11", foot. He's not the biggest, tallest guy, but he was manning up really big physical receivers, and he was able to showcase what he did at BYU, breaking up passes with his length and, and things like that. So his, his pro day kind of like brought everybody, like all the fans to the, the Caleb Hayes bandwagon. But I think NFL scouts have been on that train for a little while already, and pro day was kind of a cherry on top. So I think we could see Caleb Hayes sneak into the, the third day of the draft.
0: Yeah, as soon as he ran that 4-3-1, I was like, did he just get into the seventh round? Uh, 19 PBUs the last two years certainly helps as well. Um, The transfer portal is going to open up. Ooh, the portal. Uh, April 15th (laughs) through the 30th. You got to at least get your name in there, right? And then you can go wherever, whenever after that. Um, Where does BYU need to bring in impact players uh, on a team that is in its first year in the Big 12 from the portal specifically?
3: You know, it's really going to be interesting to see how, specifically on the defense. I think the offense, the answer is easy, Jeremy. I, I think BYU needs some help at wide receiver. I, I actually used this analogy with somebody the other day. Uh, BYU doesn't need to find a Cody Hoffman. They don't need to find an Austin Colley out of the transfer portal. Uh, they, they've got three really good wide receivers that in most years, throughout the last 10 or 15 years, you're really, really confident in the top three wide receivers in that room. What BYU needs is they need that Taron Hauk. They need that you know Mitchell Jurgens type, that, that third or fourth guy who, who can fill in in a pinch if somebody gets hurt, but is also just there to be super reliable when somebody needs a playoff. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver is a, a known priority already. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm fascinated to see how Jay Hill wants to use the transfer portal. I think he's gonna go and, and add as much talent as he can, regardless of position. But I think there's a couple of positions where he probably needs to add some bodies, specifically corner, a lot of youth and inexperience. It's not to say that BYU doesn't have talent there, but they don't have a ton of proven experience outside of Eddie Heckard and Jacob Robinson. Uh, so I think corner is probably a priority. And then the defensive line is really tough to know what Jay Hill is is thinking. Um, there's a ton of experience there, but it's a dramatically different scheme and those guys are being asked to do dramatically different things. So how have they shown in Jay Hill's eyes, right? How have they showcased their skills throughout spring ball? Does Jay look at that and say, Hey, we, we, we've got the guys we need. We can make a run. Or is he looking at this and saying, wow, BYU really was loaded with a bunch of two gap defensive linemen and we need gap shooters now and they've got to go add two or three. Um, I, I think they could go out and get talent there, and I, I think they need to. But I haven't been in practice in spring ball to see what's going on as those guys adjust to a, a brand new scheme and brand new coaching. And
0: then at linebacker, it's interesting because you like Ben Bywater and Max Truly, of course. These guys are pick six potential on any play, as we saw. But behind them, not a ton of experience. Um, you know, we've seen the Kafusi's uh, Ace and Micah have a nice spring and been called out by Jay as freshmen. Isaiah Glasker's had a good spring, we were told by Kalani Satake. Those guys haven't played much, so is there a need at linebacker as well for P5 transfers potentially?
3: I think there could be. I think at the linebacker position, in my opinion, you go if there's the right guy. I don't think that you need to go and add a body just for the sake of adding a body. But I do think if there is the right name that pops up, there's a couple of guys from, from Utah State as an example that would be difference makers that have connections to the program. If the right guy pops up, you go out and you get them. Uh, but I, I would put that probably lower than corner and defensive line on my personal priority uh, list for the defense because I do trust those Kafusi's. Maybe I'm putting a lot of weight into the last name Kafusi, but I, I, I trust Kafusi's. And then you look at it really what Jay Hill did at Weber State you're going to see guys like Amon Hanneman, Chaz you hopefully he gets back and he's healthy. Kind of that hybrid position, that that in-between safety linebacker. You're going to see more of that on the field at BYU. So you maybe don't need the, the, the quantity of linebackers that you did in the past. You need really two linebacker positions and then a third hybrid spot. And if you look at it that way. I think there's more bodies at BYU right now that have experience and have proven production that you could maybe get by. But certainly, if there's the right name there and there's the interest in the program that I think BYU has to go out and get them.
1: On Tuesday's show, Jerem and I were having the discussion in terms of the balance between how far do you lean into the transfer portal as opposed to, you know, the, the quote-unquote uh, traditional way of, of developing the talent out of high school and the recruiting process. Where do you fall on that? Can there be too much of a reliance on the transfer portal? How do you look at that balance?
3: Yeah, for me, football and basketball, when we talk about recruiting and we talk about the transfer portal, I think people have a tendency to want to put football and basketball into the the, the same basket, and they're not, right? From a basketball standpoint, Jason, I think you nailed it on the head. You can rely too much on the transfer portal, and you need to have that chemistry and all of those things. From a football standpoint where there's so many guys on the roster and so many players that are rotating in and out and and injuries and things like that that happen over the course of a 12-game football season the name of the game is just stacking talent on top of talent on top of talent And, and so i look at it from a football standpoint almost like a gm would have to in the nfl that rosters now because players can leave so quickly and enter the transfer portal you really have to look at your roster from a football standpoint is a year over year roster so you've got to prepare for 2023 knowing that 2024 the guys you get whether they're out of the portal or out of high school they may not be there you hope that they are but they may not be there that next year so you need to to plan for the immediate year and then the next year in the future is kind of a bonus where, where basketball is a little bit different because it, it takes so much time to gel you need that chemistry on your team football most positions certainly you need chemistry you know quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive line but football really if you're talented you'll find a way to get on the field so i think for football you can go heavy into the transfer portal so long as you always have that nucleus of 10 or 15 guys in a recruiting class out of high school that you think will grow with you for for two three four years
0: and what other school has what byu has in terms of okay we're tied to a specific religion. And there are kids who grow up wanting to come to this school. That's not unique to BYU per se. But it's like that recruiting advantage needs to be mined. And if it's not, I think BYU is not going to be as good as it can be. So in basketball, it's like, okay, there's some balance there. And in football, you're always going to have the high school recruit. You can't just transfer portal that. And why would BYU? BYU is unique. They wear Air Monarchs. They go on missions, (laughs) right? They, They do unique things. They tunnel sing. They wear socks with sandals. Like, there's all these things we do. I, I am concerned for basketball a little bit that they didn't sign a high school player last year. Maybe the class wasn't good and they didn't have room or whatever. It just feels like three or four years down the road, we're going to go, what happened? Like, why is there not anybody? Jake Wallen comes off a mission. But I mean, like, at least grabbing a kid that's going to be here in a couple of years. It's year to year, but yep. I'm a little concerned.
3: Yeah, I agree on the basketball front. I mean, it, it is strange. I mean, BYU's formula for success, really, going back all the way to to Danny Ainge, has been have a team of upperclassmen. BYU is not a a school that could just load up on freshmen like a Kentucky can and and have a bunch of one and and then reload the next year. Like, BYU is always, even the good teams recently, Jimmer Fredette was a legend. That team didn't get great until Jimmer Fredette's final here at BYU. They were good, and you could see them get better year over year, but it was that pinnacle of a team that had been together for a, a bunch of years and add in Jimmer Fredette, the legend, on top of that. Most recently, right, uh, Mark Pope's first year, you had a team that had played together forever, and then you sprinkle in some transfer portal guys like like Jake Toulson. But that core of of Zach Selyus, TJ Haas, Yoli Childs, that had been together. They'd been together at BYU for years. That's been a a tried-and-true formula for BYU basketball to have success. And I'm with you, Jeremy. It feels like BYU's gotten away from that a little bit, and this year of a class without any high schoolers at all. That's a little concerning.
1: You know, one of the things that we have talked about for a long, long time, once we knew that BYU is officially going into the Big 12, is the recruiting bump. And look, the recruiting bump can be out of the high school ranks. It can also be in the transfer portal. I mean, you're constantly recruiting. It's recruiting your own players. How much of the bump have you seen already? I mean the coaches have said they've already had doors open to them now that they've never had open and wouldn't have been open if this opportunity hadn't presented itself. How much have you seen already and how much more do you expect?
3: Uh, I, I think we've seen a ton and I think we'll continue to see a ton where I struggle being able to answer that question is is at the same time of BYU going into the Big 12 they also added Jay Hill and this new defensive staff. So. How much credit does Jay Hill get? How much credit does the Big 12 get? I don't know what that pie chart looks like, but the combination of the two, there's been an immediate difference. And and you could see it uh, really throughout all types of BYU recruits. So there's a couple of guys that BYU's hosted on on unofficial visits in recent weeks. Willie Goodacre is a non-LDS player out of Texas. Came to BYU, loved it. He's got a multitude of offers and he loved it. He was really surprised by what he saw. That, I think, is a Big 12 bump. I don't think BYU is able to to bring in a player even for a visit like Willie Goodacre uh, before the Big 12. Nico Klem was just here last week. He's another highly touted three-star defensive back out of California. I don't think he comes to BYU if they're not in the Big 12. But even here locally in the more traditional recruit, uh, a guy like Cash Dillon out of Corner Canyon High School or Davis Andrews out of American Fork High School, these are guys that probably go to Utah in years past, and they may still end up going to Utah. We don't know that for sure, but because of Jay Hill and the relationships that Cash and Davis have with, with the new BYU coaching staff, uh, in my conversations with them, BYU is is a very big factor in their recruitment, where six months ago they were pretty candid with me that BYU wasn't a factor in their recruitment. So how much of it is Big 12? How much of it is, is is Jay Hill and the new coaching staff? I don't know. But the combination of the two, uh, it, it's a dramatic difference. When I talk to recruits in the 2024 cycle compared to, say, 2022 or 2023, there, there's no question about it.
0: Well, that's the kind of bump we're hoping for, right, in the Big 12. The BYU starts to get uh, – continue to get some of the best LDS uh, athletes out there, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and others, which is awesome. Jeff, we appreciate the time. Keep those Monarchs super white-soled, scrub them, keep, get them ready to go, because guess what? The snow's going to go away, and we are going to be out there at Applebee's and mowing lawns soon enough. No, oh,
3: yeah, i got to get some grass stands on the Monarchs. Otherwise, <laughs> they're not authentic Monarchs yet. That's exactly
0: right. Thanks, Jeff. We Thanks, appreciate Jeff. the time. Thanks, guys. Okay, interesting uh, insight into him about, hey, he's a quantity NFL yeah. draft guy. Yeah. Not to mention everything else he mentioned. Look,
1: look, and, and look. There's, there's reasons to go either side of that argument, and you, you're not right and you're not wrong, because both actually help can BYU. It can be both. Can be
4: both? It can, can
1: be,
0: it be, both? It can be, be nice. both.
1: All right. If you missed any episodes or interviews on BYU Sports Nation, it's easy to get caught up. Watch all the BYU TV sports content at byusn.com or on the BYU TV app.
0: Coming up, why this year's Utah snowpack has a historical tie to BYU football success, we'll tell you. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This
1: is BYU Sports Nation yes. to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms. <laughs> what was the <laughs> uh,
0: on Facebook, Twitter, That's Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok? Depends great the, content. It's like me comment on something. Skip. Uh, he's Jason. I'm Jerem. <laughs> not Skip. Uh, let's whip it. Google whip around is presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is awesome. Yes.
1: Um, if you.
0: Aren't in the Utah area. In the Beehive State. Yes, in
1: the Beehive State. Uh, you may not be aware that we are having a record breaking snowfall this winter, including the latest storm this week. This tweet from Hunter Miller What's points up, Hunter? out something that could be a positive for all of this snow. It says, everyone uh, is complaining about the snow, not realizing that the last time it snowfall this much. Uh, BYU football won the national championship the next year <laughs> so what we're saying is chalk it up another national BYU championship is, is going
0: to win the national championship based on the snowpack which is the highest since 1983 that is awesome um,
1: expectations uh, are they raised now for you
0: um no uh our guys from Bandy creations have done it again they installed this metal cougar face in the lavelle edwards stadium led lighting Last week. This is awesome. That's where awesome. Where would this go in your house?
1: Um, anywhere it could fit. Front room? Like, any, anywhere. Front. Anywhere. Front room, bedroom, hallway, media room, wherever I could fit it, it was going. Because I want to see it yeah. every day. No,
0: it's, it might go in the outside of my house. Like, it's just, hey, what's up? Cougs live in here. Can you
1: imagine, like, sitting above your garage, like that, like, right <laughs> above your garage? That would be awesome. That would be and awesome. And we have lots of uh, yes, Vandy we do. Uh, creation this,
0: signage here in the
1: uh, This in the behind
0: studio. us, uh, over in the Cougar Council Room, as Spencer calls it, uh, over <laughs> there as well. We love it. And the front of the desk. We love it. Uh, Shout-out to the guys in Vandy and St. George. They are awesome. Coming up, Chef Talks with tennis player Zach Fuchs about rivalries, the game, and Legos. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to
1: BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Last weekend, BYU men's tennis swept the weekend, beating Stanford and upsetting 27th-ranked San Diego, who came into Provo with a 16-match WCC win streak. Zach Fuchs went 2-0 in those victories, and I got a chance to talk to him about that, his progression, Legos, and much more. All right, Zach. First and foremost, congratulations on the uh, the 2-0 uh, victory last week at uh, Stanford and USD take take me through what it was like uh, to pick up the victory and, and how big that was for
4: you. Well, uh it's right right after it kind of felt surreal. I uh I had to win that big, I guess in my career so it was it was a pretty cool feeling, kind of it was, it was just a lot a lot of nerves honestly having to close it out, but it was it was it was awesome going through that with the team and and having some big wins, but it was Thinking back on it, it's, it gets gets more and more fun to think about. I guess so. It's it's been great. Yeah. Well,
1: and and the, there's there's a couple of of subplots with all of this. So you grew up a a, a Cal fan, yeah. and as everybody knows, Cal versus Stanford, that's the rivalry. So there's yeah. that added element. I'm sure it yeah. meant a lot to beat uh, a player from Stanford. But I mean, the guy that you beat was 59th ranked. He was the 59th ranked player. Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably adding some uh, some added you know. Um,
4: enthusiasm to a victory like that right oh for sure and also he uh he actually beat my little brother uh in, in december i think or no august so a while ago so i got some family revenge there so that was that was great uh and uh no there, there was that element of i guess cal versus stanford i'm cows cows a part of me i guess still but uh and i used to live and train near stanford so it's uh it's great to to shut him down i guess yeah so. so
1: you originally committed to gonzaga out of high school right but then you ended up changing your mind due to the the COVID year so so how did byu come into the mix how did you become a byu cougar
4: well i guess honestly i uh like byu was on my mind out of high school but i uh i did have a great connection with the coach and and it kind of fell short i guess after he left and then um i was like okay i'm gonna go to gonzaga it's it seemed like a good fit and then COVID hit, never, never stepped foot on campus, took online classes. And then that coach left actually. And then uh, I met Wally in Southern California and he was like, he had a weird journey coming to BYU too. And he uh, kind of recruited me on the way. And, and that's, and now we're both uh, I guess thriving here. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know
1: what, uh, what path you're going to take and you think maybe you're going down one road and then you go, down another road and it turns out to to be, you know, what was best for you. Is that kind of how you look at it right now?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I had it all figured out um, going to Gonzaga and out of high school and stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm on a completely different path. I think a much better path, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not how I expected it, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. So yeah, it's been great.
1: Well, and we were talking about the win over Stanford and, and how big that was, but, you know, you helped BYU upset, you know, 27th ranked San Diego as well. And that broke USD's 16 straight WCC match win streak. How big was that for you guys?
4: I mean, that, that was awesome. awesome. We've, uh, we've had like a tough, uh, just like away matches. We've, we've had a tough season from there, but coming back, we haven't played a home in a while. Our last, our last home match was a win actually in St. Mary's so as a conference win and, and we knew they were in their head, like they hadn't, that coach hadn't won at BYU in his entire career and, and they really wanted it, but I think we wanted a little more and and we, uh, we had that edge on them, I guess, and they, they probably had a few nerves trying to come up here and beat us and, but it was, it was just a great uh, team dynamic, pulls together and, and so a lot, a lot of guys came up and performed well and, and that's what we needed to, to shut them down, I guess, so it was, it was great, it was great. Well, as one does, when you get ready for an interview
1: like this, you do a little bit of background work and you try and find out as much uh, about the person that you're going to talk to as you can. So I got a couple of uh, personalities things for you. So your favorite tennis player, Nick Kyrgios, right? Is that, is that accurate? What, why is, why is Nick your favorite tennis player?
4: I mean, uh, to be honest, he's, he's a little crazy on the court, but, uh, I have a little bit of that, not, not quite as extreme, I guess, but, um, he's, he's just super fun to watch and he has, uh, He's a big serve, which is kind of, kind of my game. I thought I thought I played kind of similar to him, I guess. And, and he's just he's just such an athlete and so fun to watch. It's he's a little crazy though, but it makes it more fun. <laughs> sure, yeah, it adds yeah. adds a nice little layer to it. So now you're also pretty
1: vocal on the court. Are, yeah. are you aware? And for those that that maybe don't follow tennis you know you, you big serve you know there's there's a, like a big yell a big grunt like mm-hmm. like is that are you aware of of how vocal you are on the court
4: yeah i mean it it's i definitely got a lot more vocal this year i've uh i it, i kind of to fake in the beginning then I, then I start get into it it comes out naturally but i just had to zone out the the thoughts of thinking it's embarrassing and i just it just helps me play better i guess so <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 just fun to it it makes a tennis environment more fun, I guess, and and it helps you play better. Like both teams are San Diego was super loud and I had to match that, I guess, kind of and, and it, it just adds another element, helps you play better. So it's but yeah, no, I've I've gone a lot more vocal. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's well fun. you mentioned it adds some fun. So speaking of fun, we were told that you very much enjoy Legos. Oh so yeah. now you need to you need to explain this because look. A lot of people like Legos, but what does that mean? Does that mean that you know you're always kind of tinkering with Legos? Like if we walk into your house, are we gonna see like this giant size like uh, you know Death Star sitting in the middle of your room? Like like what does that mean that you like
4: Legos? I mean, that's yeah, I mean I have a Lego set actually right up right up here behind me <laughs> or in front of me doing this, but uh, I uh, I don't know. I grew up playing Legos all the time. I kind of mess with them, but uh, it's just I don't know. I, I love building them, and I, I have a few sets in the the living room here I guess too I need to, I need to start building but I, I don't know it's just uh super fun to put those sets together I kind of I kind of straight off and kind of made my own things I guess tried to make like a a d-day thing but haven't, I haven't finished that school kind of took over but I'm uh no it's it's kind of a hobby for me yeah there you go. It, you know, so
1: so do you have a prized finished lego set or but action, you know, figure that you've put together like do you have a favorite of anything?
4: Yeah, it's man, it's tough. Probably the uh the like the called the the UCS Millennium Falcon. I mm. I had the old one, I, I got the new one, I got a build too, but it's uh it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty cool to to look at, I guess. <laughs> It's it's process to build, but it's it's a fun finished product. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the that's the fun of it, right? It's it's yeah. if it were if it were something that were easy and quick, it probably wouldn't be as fun. But because you that take the time fun. to put it together, that's what makes it fun.
4: Yeah, yeah, and you can sit there and admire admire your work after you're done. So There you go. <laughs> it's great. All
1: right. So we know your family, sister, uncle, cousins all play or have played sports in college. So I'm going to assume you have a very um, Not just athletic family, but a very competitive family. Who's the best best athlete in the extended family, do you think?
4: Um uh, that's I don't know. It's probably man, probably between me and my brother right now, I guess I would say. but you're going to say you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say me after, after being uh, the guy he lost to, I mean, I, I got yes Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. You, you yeah. avenged, you avenged
4: the loss in the yeah. family
1: that gives you the right to be the yeah. most competitive guy.
4: I, 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 won that at least. So that's, that, that's going well, but no, I, I would, yeah, I just Don't want to get too cocky, but yeah, I would, I would say that. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. good. All right, so you have home matches this
1: week on Friday against USF and then Saturday against Santa Clara. Give us a little preview of those coming up this weekend.
4: Yeah, I mean, can't take anyone for granted. I think, I mean, Santa Clara's had a a really good season. I'm not too sure about UC. I think they're a little weaker than Santa Clara. But, uh, I mean, they're coming up here. They're going to be a little nervous after seeing our uh, USD and Stanford results. So that's that's an edge we have on them. And and, uh, I think our team's a lot more energized and ready to beat those guys and, and have some good conference wins but yeah so it's this a matter of waiting to see if we're going to play indoors or outdoors but I think either way we can we have a really really good chance so yeah no, yeah I was going to ask you about that like is there a chance you're going to finally be able to play some tennis outside <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's kind of tough right now it's uh like 20 something degrees outside so we can't leave practice right now but so it, it wouldn't be as much of an advantage for us but we'd still have a major advantage but I mean, outdoors. I think it's about fifty degrees where you can play outdoors, and I think it's supposed to be just over fifty. So we'll see. We'll see. It might. It might be outdoors this weekend. So there we go.
1: Well, Zach, I appreciate a few minutes. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the win over Stanford and and uh, San Diego, and good luck this weekend against uh, Santa Clara and uh, San Francisco. Appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jason. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks to Zach for joining us on BYU Sports Nation. After the break, a rise shout out to the newest member of the 2041 class for BYU football. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America. The official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Please download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Look, it's for your own good, and you can also listen to the podcast while you're there. Please subscribe, rate, and review.
0: Nolan Mickelson DMs me and says, "Please tell Jason that uh, Lego is both singular and plural." I didn't know that. There's no Legos. It's just Lego. Lego. Is that, does anyone else was anyone else aware of that? I didn't know that. We we came here to learn. Is that things. like moose <laughs> and moosen? These, uh... What? Our question of the day is this <laughs> Does it matter if Lego is singular or plural? Uh, is it more important to have high BYU football draft picks or have a higher number of BYU football draft picks? Uh, our lead voice of the day is presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. <laughs> lead Tanner on Twitter. Option three is the best. High number of high draft okay. picks. Okay. Yes, we would love for. A uh, first-rounder and a couple on day two and a couple on day three. It's like 10 first-round draft picks Yes, then The, the expectation is that BYU will set the record uh, <laughs> next year uh, with 10 draft picks after its national championship because of the because snow. Because of the
1: snow. It's happening. Here
0: in Utah. Thanks There's to Hunter a Miller for, this. for reminding us uh, of that, which was awesome. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official <laughs> credit union of BYU Athletics. To Isaac and Lexi Rex. Lexi was a star volleyball player at Utah Valley. Of course, Isaac tied into BYU. Oh, they Look had that their little son, family. Luca, with the family yesterday. Congratulations. That's the first grandchild on both sides of the family as well, as we learned from Byron Rex in the studio on Friday. Congratulations to the Rex. Uh, Luca... Uh, is already committed to BYU football in 2041. After BYU's won seven Big 12 titles, he will
1: be Pretty one. He awesome. will be one of 15 NFL draft picks that year. <laughs>
0: yes, he will, as they will uh, set uh, set the record, which is awesome. This just in from our producer Ben Bagley. Uh, the plural form Legos uh, is chiefly American. Other regions tend to use Lego as a mass noun and refer to Lego bricks and Lego sets. Its use as a noun is prescribed by the company Lego itself, as it believes it should always be used as an adjective. However, the use of it as a noun is seen widely. What, what? Greg Rubel taking notes. Because <laughs> Greg is better at grammar than we are. Um, Okay, I don't know what to somebody think Somebody took the day. time to write that out, by the way. No, he – yes, yeah, someone did. Ben yeah. did not. No, that I'm not. I'm just paste. saying, yes, he got yeah, that ben from somebody. Yeah, sure. All right, thanks to today's guests, Jeff Hansen and Zach Fuchs.
1: Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: I believe they're on demands. Uh, for Jason, I am Jerem. Shout-out to Katie Larkin. Go Cougs. Remember when Isaac Rex announced to the world he was having a baby at Oregon? Caught the touchdown, rocked it. Luka's born, baby!